0: Hello and welcome to our FPC Conversations podcast, where we explore how God's working in the everyday lives of people in the FPC community. I'm Josh Gillespie, the Minister of City Engagement and Modern Worship at First Press. Thank you for taking the time to join us and to hear the stories of people connected to the FPC community. We hope you find encouragement through these conversations. In today's conversation, you are going to meet Mitch and Nancy Mailer, The Mailers sit down with Dan Kimball and share their story of raising a child with disabilities and how they have felt God's hand in all of the details along the way. You will hear how they are currently finding encouragement at FPC, as well as some of the people who have been an encouragement to them along the way. Please enjoy today's conversation.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to our FPC Conversations podcast. I am Dan Kimball, and it's my pleasure from time to time to be able to lead and have conversations with people from the FPC community, and these are conversations we have about what God's doing in in people's lives, everyday lives of people, and it's been really fun to, to get to know and hear people's stories, and today, I'm really excited to introduce for people who might not know, but... Um, people that I've known for a little bit, and it's Mitch and Nancy Mailer. So, welcome you guys. Thank you. Thanks, welcome. Dan. Welcome. So, really glad that you guys agreed to be part of the podcast, and and you guys do have an interesting story, and, and we'll dive into that a little bit. And some people um, will recognize you even more when we talk about <laughs> your family and and all of that. But yes. um, again, pleasure to be here. So, why don't we just kind of start off with, and we like to just kind of learn more about you guys, your journey. Um, kind of your journey together, where you met, and of course, a lot of people want to know when they find out where you're from, Mitch. <laughs> they're going to say, "Why did you come to Fresno?" So yeah, nice. so let's let's talk about that a little bit and see where where you guys land. Okay, go ahead.
2: Where, where what should I start with? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Los. A- I was born in Los Angeles okay. and uh, grew up in Canoga Park. And uh, I was baptized into the, as a baby into the Presbyterian Church, so okay. I've always been a lifelong Presbyterian. The frozen chosen. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so very involved as a youth. Um, came to Christ in my late elementary kind of years and um, um, was very involved in my youth group. And then I went to um, college at UC San Diego, hmm. So um, I started going to a Presbyterian church there and went to the college group, and that's where I met Mitch. You did. And- <laughs> <laughs> when I was 18. Okay, so, hey, yeah.
1: Right in college, freshman in college? Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. And Mitch, you're from? <laughs> well, I was born in La Jolla
3: and uh, lived in San Diego. Um, well, all of Solana Beach, La Jolla, Encinitas, but uh, I lived there for you know practically 29 years and uh, i was a latecomer. i wasn't a christian um, i didn't accept the lord in my life until i was about oh 18 years old that's a whole long story in itself um but anyway um i went to you know did my k through 12 and then i went to San Diego state for one year i was living in la jolla going to San Diego State, and I had a Fiat that just constantly broke down on the way to San Diego, and I just thought, i got to go to school closer. So, anyway, I... I
1: thought you were going to say you had a Fiat, which is what the attraction was. Nancy, <laughs> right? You know, like, well, hot car. Oh, kinda, no.
3: this thing was a piece uh, of <laughs> junk, let me tell you. It really was. And uh, so, it was, you know, I applied to UCSD, and it, and it was... Um, divine, uh, the fact that I got in was just amazing. And uh, yeah, so I met Nancy at the uh, college group, and it was really kind of interesting the way that we kind of came together. Uh, We were at a Padre game, and uh, there were probably about 12 of us at the game. And, you know, I thought, oh, Nancy's pretty cute, you know, and... and, I guess she thought I was kind of cute, too. But anyway, <laughs> so there's 12 of us, you know, we're sitting in the seats, and and she's probably about five people down the row from me. And so then I just I just decided, I thought, I wonder what that cute girl from Kanago Park's doing. So I just kind of leaned out and looked down the aisle. Well, guess what? She was doing the same thing. She was leaning down the <laughs> aisle and looking at me. Aww. Aww. And so then I just leaned back and I thought, you know what, this just might work. And so then we started going out, and yeah, and uh, we took classes together at UCSD. We studied together. We mm. took walks on the beach, and and then we got married.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I should maybe bring it up because it's going to be brought up <laughs> at some point. So Mitch, being a lifelong San Diegan, San Diegan, yeah, and and you being Southern California, so you're favorite baseball team is the Padres and yours is the Dodgers, Dodgers and yes. you guys have maintained those um, <laughs> those passions and survived your marriage so yes, I'd so like qu- to yes.
2: I would say for some of those years, I was more of a Padre fan. Oh, okay. When we were living in San Diego, but then, um, yeah, I kind of reverted back to my Dodger roots.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let it be and let it be known. I would love to be become a Dodger fan. I've talked to you about he that. He I, needs
2: therapy for this. I I
3: told Nancy I really want to be a Dodger fan. Yeah. I
1: don't. Yeah, which maybe. which may or may not make friends with other people in, <laughs> that listen to the podcast because, as you know, there's Still a lot of of fans. Other I'm other sure. Things, so. Yeah. Uh, would you say it was a pretty immediate connection, love at first sight, kind of went I right for I think pretty it? much, Dated, yes. got married.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, so we dated all through college. Okay. And, um, and then Mitch got his teaching credential after. So um, we waited until after he got his teaching credential to get married. And yeah. that was 1985. And we got yeah. married at La Jolla Press, where okay. your friend is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yes.
3: I
1: do have a, a friend who's a pastor there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. And then so tell us about getting from Southern California, San Diego to Fresno. What well, the journey looked like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Mitch went Mitch taught in San Diego and I was working at an insurance company and um he got his masters in special education. And uh, then I decided maybe I'd like to go to school. So I decided to go to law school, and we had a choice. We had a choice (laughs) of staying in San Diego. I I got into the University of San Diego Law School or Mm. go to Davis. And Davis Law was ranked higher, but it also was a lot cheaper. cheaper. Mm. So Mm. we thought... Oh, we'll give this, you know, try this and see how it goes. And we'll come back to San Diego. Yeah. So that's what we moved to Davis and Mitch got a teaching job up in West Sacramento. Okay.
3: Yeah. Let me tell you, the smells up at Davis were very foreign to me. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. This is what it smells like to be around. Sure.
1: Yeah yeah <laughs> and um nope, but no family, so you pretty much uprooted and left family to kind of pursue this new right part now, of your... in
2: the meantime, my parents and my sister had moved to Fresno what we were in while we were still living in San Diego, so we lived in San Diego after we were married for about four years, and so um they had moved here so so we did have family in Fresno, but um. Mm-hmm. Dave, you know, anyway, but didn't know anybody in Davis. Okay. Yeah. And so how
1: long were you up in Davis? Three years. Right then.
2: Yeah. So then when I'm graduating law school and I'm interviewing for jobs, trying to find a job somewhere and uh, things, it was a little bit of a recession. This was 1991, 92. And so I had, since my family was here in Fresno, I was striking out in San Diego. So, so since I had family in Fresno, I thought, well, we decided. I did a review for in Fresno, and then I got offered a job. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll give it a try. Mm. We'll try. We'll t-. You'll say we yeah, know well, somebody there. Fresno,
1: the test
3: drive.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we'll give it a try. You know, maybe for using. Maybe we can make it back to San Diego. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's that we call it the black hole. Yeah. You kind of fall in, and yeah. Anyway, yeah. we bought a house. He got a teaching job in Clovis Unified,
1: which is where you ended up spending your entire teaching career. Yeah, I taught in Clovis Unified for
3: twenty-seven years, and twenty-four were at Clovis High School. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really yeah. something.
1: And re- and retired. Uh, retired in twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah. And Nancy, you have a. I think it's an interesting job, and and I think it would be. Fun to yeah. learn a little bit more about what you do as a as a lawyer.
2: Yes, that well, yeah. When I first came to town, I worked for um, a, a litigation firm, but kind of quickly found that it really wasn't for me. I didn't like the bill and Well, and then we had, and this is jumping into the kids part. Sure. but yeah, then we, And then we had, you know, Matthew, yeah. our oldest. And I went part-time. I was able to go work part-time with this firm that I was with. But um, then I thought, you know, I really just don't like this. I want to do something. And I've always been kind of a studious person. So I am kind of intellectually interested in things. So I applied for a job at the Court of Appeal. It's it's the State Court of Appeal. And so I did get a job there. And that's where I've worked for the last 20 Three years, almost, and um, so we. What we do is we hear appeals that come up from the trial courts. So something happens in the trial court. Usually, the easiest thing to explain is like yeah. the defendant's convicted. Mm-hmm. He he or she has a right to appeal, and so we they get appointed. If they don't have money, they get appointed an attorney, and attorneys file briefs. And so what we do as the re- I'm a, essentially a research attorney, okay. and uh, I work for a judge. And so I uh, reviewed the briefing that these attorneys file, read the records, draft, um, um, suggested outcome for the case yeah. for the judge. So it's so it's a lot of book, booky. <laughs> it's like writing a term paper every it's, day. <laughs> uh, <slight. laughs> so it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's it really fits yeah. me well. And so
1: I have a friend that reads dissertations. For that's his job. Full time job is wow. to read and review dissertations and you would think that he's got the best job in the world. <laughs> and I would think I would rather poke yes. my eyes out with a pencil <laughs> than read dissertations. So I love that the world is filled with people that have passions yes. in right. many areas. So yeah. um any highlights for you as a as a high school teacher? I mean the, you chose this career, I mean anything you could say that I mean-
3: Oh, I mean you know, it was I mean, I'll just say really quickly that um I think it was my junior year In college, and and I wasn't really exactly sure what I wanted to do. You know, I um, I was thinking about seminary. You Mm -hmm. know, I just you know because I had a a really good friend in the college group who I just really admired. Um, So I was kind of like taking classes that he took and things of that sort because he went to Fuller. And then um, I was thinking about teaching, and and really what I think God just opened this door for me because. I got a job at La Jolla Elementary School as a a recess aide, you know? (laughs) And um, as I like to say, I I think I played more Foursquare with the kids than I did actually, you know, watching the kids, but I loved it, you know? And so then I got a, a teacher's assistant job there at that school and then i just thought i really want to be a teacher and um for 34 years i taught and i just loved it i just feel like that's where the lord really wanted me to be
1: and it changed a lot by the time you retired, right? I mean, it, the, oh yeah. The whole we
3: play. should talk
2: about your special ed experience. Yeah,
1: I mean, when I when
3: I taught for San Diego Unified, I was a I was an elementary school teacher, you know, I, a regular general ed, and then I just felt like God nudging me into special education because mm. I I really liked the diagnostics and the and the testing of that sort. So that really kind of opened the door for me to get a job when Nancy was at davis and then um in Clovis, I was able to get right in as an r s b teacher mm. and so, yeah, I just like the Lord really put me in with learning disabled kids, and i just I just absolutely loved it mm. the The bad thing about my job was that it became more paperwork toward the end than teaching mm. I mean obviously, I got in the job for teaching, and i e p s that when I first started, were like three pages long, and there were mm. five sections. And then when I retired, I mean, IEPs could be anywhere from twenty five to thirty Very pages long. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I got out at wow. the right time. <laughs> so
1: that's a great segue. Why don't we go ahead and tell us tell us about your family, um, ages and stages, and and then we want to we want to talk a little bit more about your family.
2: Yeah. So we. Um, mm-hmm once we got kind of settled here in Fresno, we thought, well, maybe we should have kids because <laughs> it had been nine, <laughs> ten, nine, ten We'd been married nine years. years. Well, okay. Yeah. Were well, so. you getting
1: the uh, kind of the clock is ticking well, from not, the kind of really, thing? Not really,
2: not really pressure. I think everybody had given up on us, but mm-hmm. we were kind of, I don't know. We, I, I think we just felt like we'd wanted to get things settled and and our education done. And so, um, we had our first child, um, and, at
3: 1995.
2: Yeah, 1995. <laughs> and, and that's Matthew. Okay. And some people might know him because he he did come to First Press for mm-hmm. a while and and sang in the choir. Um and uh Pastor Jeremy married he, he he's now married yes. with his wife and they just had their first child. So it was a month old. So And
1: he does for a living?
2: He's a lawyer Uh-oh. now. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Well, now he yeah. and, and to segue a little bit to him because he um he went to Westmont, and then he decided he thought he wanted to be a philosophy professor, so he went, got a master's. He started, well, he did get his master's at San Francisco State in philosophy, but it was once he met his um, wife-to-be, Alexi, he was like, I can't be a philosophy <laughs> professor <laughs> So, I'll never get a job. We'll move all over the place. Yeah. She, she wanted to stay in, her family's yeah. very rooted in Fresno and he wanted to stay in Fresno. So, I mean, they wanted to stay in Fresno. So, he decided maybe I should just do the law. Yeah. So, that's yeah. what happened yeah. there. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he also do I recall that he was like a music intern one summer? Did he do that? No, he no, he, he just no. sang. Okay.
2: Yeah, he just sang with the choir okay. and well, he, and they they both attended. Lexi came for a little while too. Okay. Um
3: Well, he's he played the violin. If, yes, uh, he plays he sessions, plays the yeah. violin, okay. he plays the guitar. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's multi-talented.
1: Okay.
3: And and, <laughs> and overachieving.
1: And now um let's talk about Michael. Yes. Oh yeah.
2: And so then uh two years so then they're two, spaced two years apart. So we had Michael. And when Michael um well when I was pregnant with him, I did have like an we'll go into all this but anyway an amniocentesis to see because there was some indication that there might be something wrong and but that was clear so we're like we thought at that point oh you know we're good you know everything's good (laughs) so then um, he was born in 1997 and when he was born within um, well actually it was like the next day we had a very good pediatrician who noticed that there was something wrong with his eyes and so within like th- he was three days old, we were taking him to Dr. Andrea Lanier at Fog. Well, used to be Fog Maxwell, sh- short. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and she says, you know, I think I need to send you down to LA. I think there's really something wrong with his eyes. And and she.
1: And how was this right? Like he right was three days old. All three days old. Yeah. Days old. yeah. Okay. Wow. And
2: then wow. so like at five days old, we're driving to LA. <laughs> I don't know why in, in hindsight, I don't think we needed to hurry that much, but, yeah. but you're panicked. Yeah, sure. And so we drove to LA and they examined him down there at it was at Children's Hospital LA. Mm. And they have a good op- optometry op. The optometry ophthalmology mm,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
2: department so anyway they um diagnosed him with it's a long name but it's persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous which is wow. essentially your eyes stop developing in the womb so his eyes didn't fully develop and they um it's bilateral so it's both eyes and uh, there's nothing other than trying to – he did have a surgery when he was four months old down there because they thought maybe his retina was detaching. Anyway, they they do this – all they can do is try to maintain whatever vision you have. There's no correction for it. So, uh, But at that point, we were told that, you know, he would be a, I'll say, quote, normal blind child that, you know, and so – You know, while that was devast, it was devastating, but it was also kind of like, okay, there's people, functional people in the world that are blind. You know, Mm -hmm. Stevie Wonder. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but you're like, you know, this isn't an insurmountable thing. It's just going to be a different thing, and I don't know what you want to. Yeah,
3: you know, I mean, you're you're kind of like, you know, in a state of shock. You know, because it's like, you know, we have Matthew on one hand. You know, he's just this little blonde-haired you know, very bright kid that just talks incessantly. You know, you can't get him to shut up. You know, he just, talk, he's just constantly <laughs> mm-hmm. talking. And then we got Michael and, um, you know, and then we met after meeting with a doctor and everything else, we met with a social worker and she was wonderful mm-hmm. And and, you know, she basically said to us, she said, you know, it's probably gonna take you 10 years to probably finally come to terms with this. And you know what? she was right. You know, she was, don't you think so? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. She was really good. But anyway.
1: Yeah. So Mitch, just a little bit more on that. I mean, for you, so you're kind of dealing with this. Can you, can you think back about what that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I
3: mean, it was, it was painful. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was just, it was really, really hard. Um, you know, I, I think I, I often say, you know, for the first seven years of his life, I don't know if he got a good night's sleep, mm. you know, because he did, yeah, he had a yeah. difficult time getting on a sleep regimen. I mean, he couldn't tell the difference between night and day. So that was difficult. And um, I just I just there's one thing that I really want to share. I hope I can jump this. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I was at when I was at Clovis High School, I was teaching a poetry unit because I taught English for um diploma track and non-diploma track kids and I had to come up with a poem you know and I thought I'm gonna write a poem about Michael and -hmm. this was just right before um, school started and I only had about 15 minutes and it was pretty it's pretty rough but I have it with me, and mm-hmm. and this this just kind of encapsulates. I love that you know how Thank I you. how I still feel. So forgive me for. And
1: Michael's how old at this point?
3: I, I would say probably you know he's twenty six now. Do you he, remember what you're, you wrote? No, I didn't. I, I I would say this is like twenty years old. Okay, you know, so, so he's, he's about six okay, or so. Okay, great, thanks. So it's it, you know just entitled Michael, and uh, it's it's rough. Forgive me for this, but okay, but I had to. Okay, so I said, my second son is born. It's time to celebrate until the doctor told us of his terrible fate. My son cannot see, he can only see light. His whole life in front of him will be a long, drawn-out fight. O oh, light of heaven, O oh, my God, I walk through life as dumb. My life has changed, my days are dark. Give us strength for the days to come. Years have passed, Michael has grown, his smile radiant, his love is deep. If I could give him away, I wouldn't. This boy is one I wanna keep. Mm. I love you, Michael. I always will. One day <laughs> one day we both in heaven will be reunited and we will rejoice for on that day you will be able to see. Mm. And um so after I wrote that <laughs> uh just the tears I mean I just cried, yeah. you know, right before school and I got to school and and sure enough i read it as an example to my students and my students (laughs) i I was crying my students were crying and i'll tell you what for the next you know 20 or 21 years of my teaching i would read that poem to Mm. my students every year Mm. and it was it was a real blessing Mm. it really was thanks
1: for sharing that when's the last time you pulled that poem out because since you're not teaching Uh, anymore
3: uh probably you know, twenty nineteen. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was probably the last time. Yeah.
1: What What was your conversations with God like? I kind of like to ask that question from time to time. Like during, especially in those early few years. Like, mm-hmm. where were you in your, in your faith? Was I mean, do you feel like God was there for you? I mean, God's always there, but
2: yeah, um,
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I feel like my poem really kind of encapsulized how I felt. You know, mm-hmm. it was. It was a hard time. It was tough. You know, I always believed as a Christian there's a reason for this. You know, I I believe there was a purpose for this. God has a reason for it. I may not completely understand what it is. Mm. Um, But I just, I think we've always had faith in God that, you know, things are going to work out.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Um, Yeah.
3: But, and, and, you know, and the nice thing about it is that we always, always have had support too, you know, I mean, uh, at our old church, of course, a church that you were a member of for a while, you know, we had support there. Um, and, and, uh, and then we also had support from the school district. So it, it wasn't like we were just doing, and then we had Nancy's family, you know, who were just wonderful mm-hmm. supports, you know, for us. Um, so we had help. It wasn't like we were just by ourselves, you know. So I thank the Lord yeah. for that, you know. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a big burden. Yeah, it was it was
1: hard. So other than his blindness, is there is there other? Well, oh, yes, okay.
2: yeah. So yeah. We, we haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh, so, okay. Say so, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. So as he was um growing, I mean, as he was developing as a preschooler, we, we he attended a preschool for visually there's a preschool i'm assuming they still have it but a preschool for visually impaired children in fresno unified Mm. so he walters it was at walters elementary i don't know know where it is now but anyway they so he did go to that program because we still were thinking that his only deficit was his blindness and so it was in that program that his preschool teacher said you know i think something he's just not acting like the other kids (laughs) and so then you're like oh my gosh you know but we were a little bit in denial and we didn't we pushed back on this we Mm -hmm. didn't want to it it's difficult with blind um children to tell like if there's autistic stuff going on because like, they engage in a lot of the yeah. same behaviors yeah. the um, yeah. the flapping or the their self-stimulating behavior right. and blind children do that as and but autistic children do that too so it was very difficult to uh you know I don't know it took a while for us to come to accepting that he wasn't um he was having cognitive delays and developmental delays that were um not just explained by his blindness and so when he was um for kindergarten then so he did complete that program but then for kindergarten he ended up in a special ed classroom um for um at Val, it was at valley oak but um and then he ended but went through and he was in a special so essentially it was a functional skills level mm. class and he went through all that. Well, through his whole career and through Club Unified, he mm-hmm. went, so, was in there.
1: Blind, autistic,
2: sick. Well, co- uh, yeah, cognitively. Nobody knew. Okay. I mean, and then and up until it, he, yeah, even through all elementary school, nobody understood what his what I want to say, how delayed he yeah. was or whatever. Yeah. I think they under they, he was underestimated. Yeah and um so they because his language is delayed and, and even to this day he's his expressive language is a lot um a lot more do I say yeah. how do you say this yeah. that is express that is receptive, receptive language he understands more than he can say
1: so he receives and he gets out he can right. understand he what you're telling him to do yeah, or whatever right. but yeah. him
2: talking is yeah. difficult and but you know through his <laughs> career at school like he's He and he, it took forever to toilet train him. He wasn't toilet trained actually Mm. until like seventh grade. Mm. And um, so, but it once and he, um, but he can read simple braille. He um, Uh. can memorize everything. He Uh. knows all of the, um, he loves music.
1: I was going to ask because I, that's something I learned from you guys. Yes. And And he wears headphones. So people that,
2: Well, the headphones that he's wearing when you see him at church, those are not that don't have music. Oh, okay. They're just um, he has sensory overload kind of, and so the noise is too much for him. And so they're actually just like headphones that you wear for shooting, like at a shooting range, or uh, they just muffle.
3: Because otherwise, he used to always plug his ears with his fingers. Too much noise. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
2: So yes, but he loves like classical music, and he knows all. The composers, the mm. the music, yeah. the names of the t- the music. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it? It,
3: we, we we get tickets, you know, season tickets for the Fresno Phil, mm-hmm. you know, because he just loves it so much. That's you know? so, so great. Yeah, yeah. But, but he loves there all kinds of music. I mean, he loves. Uh, I mean, when we're in the car, you know, he'll want to listen to Frank Sinatra. You mm-hmm. know, so we put Frank Sinatra on, and then of course there's church. Yes, he, you know, he, he just, loves the organ. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: And the hymns. He's
1: a first service
2: guy. Yeah, is what you're he saying. Is. <laughs>
1: oh yeah.
2: He he is. Is. Yeah. That, like which it. is why we're
0: at first yeah, service, I think. Yeah, I love
1: it. I love it. Yeah. That. Had you have you met had you at that point met any other family with Somebody like Michael? I mean, was mm. it was. Were you guys feeling like were you unique? Or yeah, we
2: were actually. Yeah, yeah it's he, interesting. Yeah. Because of the blindness, that's yeah. what made it more difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why they people.
1: Yeah, this is a, a live podcast, folks. That's so our. Yeah, that's, that's our Toby. golden retriever.
2: <laughs> so from time to time,
1: we. Yeah, it's all good.
2: I can't remember the question anymore. Anyway. Questions
1: about you had not met anybody. Oh else yeah, around, no,
2: not really. So. And in fact, we even had someone when he was. In kindergarten, we had someone from the school – we had a, a team from the school for the blind, which is in Fremont, um, come out and, and assess him and try to um, give some guidance to the school because the schools didn't really know. They do have te- teachers of the visually impaired who co- – who, that are employed by mm-hmm. Clovis and
3: – The county. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or the county, yeah, right. yeah.
2: and um, – but the cl- – you know, there's not very many blind or visually impaired <gasps> sure. people – it, students and yeah. so the teachers don't necessarily know how to yeah. deal with them yeah Yeah.
1: so maybe just the, now we kind of understand michael's uh-huh. as a person his personality um could you share a little bit about just maybe the ups and downs of raising a child with a disability because surely there's others that maybe it some mm-hmm. michael might be more extreme but what what were some of those ups and downs? And I, I know that sometimes oh. marriages can really create. There can be tension there, and yeah,
2: yeah. I think we were fortunate. I mean, we're blessed that we have a, I think, a strong marriage. And so, um, I think, I don't know. Did we have that?
3: Yeah, I mean, as far as marital, pro- yeah, no, no, that there were no issues with that. I'm. Are you? I, I would say the ups and downs come with Michael himself. Mm. You know, Michael is very schedule regulated. I mean, you know, I mean, he wants things just mm. just right. Mm. And if they don't, if they don't go just right, he he can. That's get, the only
2: time he gets upset. He gets yeah. upset. Otherwise, he's very happy. Yeah, mm. he's
3: a very happy kid. But I'll tell you what. You know, sometimes it's like uh, I don't know if you know this, but on. On KPVR 89.3, there's this show, this classical radio station's called um, Classics at Night with Peter Vanagraf. Well, sometimes you know the 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 if there's really bad weather or something like that, the uh, transmitter will go out. <laughs> and if the transmitter will go out, it'll be like sometimes what two in the morning, and all of a sudden we will hear this: "Fix it, fix it." <laughs> Okay. And so you know, so you know, we wake up and everything else and then it's like and then he'll want prayer for it. It's mm. like pray for the transmitter, pray for, Okay. <laughs> yeah. and anything anytime anything goes wrong, he always wants prayer yeah. for it, which is which is, is great. Which is yeah. great. But when it's at t- two a.m. in the morning, I'm just thinking, okay, Lord, uh, I'm praying right now that I don't put him in a group home in the morning, okay? Because this is just, <laughs> just okay. Uh, but you yeah. know, but so if things go his way, I mean, he's just he's just a happy guy, mm. you know. Yeah. And he, and let me tell you, he loves going to church.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You so know. talk about that a little oh. bit. Oh, like
3: yeah. You know, it, it's really great because there are some some people that have really reached out Mm. one of them is your daughter Michaela Mm, you You know but Michaela Josh Perkins um but every every day we walk across that parking lot and and come to the doors you know there's there's um Rosemary Rosemary Avery I mean just Michael Mm. how you doing I mean Michael just lights up okay and and then we'll go and and then we'll sit down, and then who who else comes and sees him every Sunday? Bob Parkman, you know, Bob Parkman <laughs> comes and talks to to Michael, and you know, Michael just he loves the music, um, and and, and you know what's so cool to see is that he hasn't flatlined. You know, you would think at twenty six years old, sure, but I mean, just how long? A, a couple months ago, right. he started reciting the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, we're sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, we hear him, and he's reciting the Lord's in, Prayer. In church. Yeah. In church, Along yeah. Along with everybody else. With everybody else. I'm just like, oh, my word. And then another mind-blower just happened this last Sunday. You know, Nancy uh, sang in this women's. Um, the
2: women's choir, yeah. The women's
3: choir. So Michael and I were sitting there, and I don't remember what hymn was being sung, all of a sudden, you know, and usually he'll stand up and he'll just be holding on to one
1: of us or something.
3: He's singing the hymn. Well, he's great. singing yeah. the words from the hymn. I just was
1: yeah. blown. So away. you're seeing these kind of continually, yeah, right, you
3: know?
1: yes. Right. I like that word you use. He hasn't flatlined. So he like, hasn't. He has this, yeah. I mean, faith. he's yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. So you know, he loves the organ. Mm. I mean. It's it's really it's mm. really encouraging, yeah. and he never lets us miss a Sunday. Yeah, no. you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, some one Sunday you think, oh man, I'd like to kind of sleep in. It. He uh, won't let you? No, no,
1: accountability. No, oh, yeah, that's no. right.
3: No. And he'll
2: get worried if, we, yeah. if if there's any hint that we may not go to church. He's like, we all
1: pray we for all church. We all for need for a church. Michael in our yes. life, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: yeah. Gonna yeah.
1: Start a dude. Yeah, we yeah.
2: need a yeah. Michael. Yeah. Oh, um, so you had asked about family. Race, well, I'm sorry, the question was uh, the original question. Yeah. Well, it
1: was the yeah. ups and downs, downs. of raising yes, yes. raising a child with disability. Yeah. And, I just... and
2: I think the other challenge that, well, the mm. big challenge that we had was we had to kind of compartmentalize our family and and because we just had the two children so matthew was always outgoing and wanting to do things and stuff and if you tried to take michael with us it would he was not adaptable so you so essentially what would happen is someone would have to stay with michael Mm. and then Someone go with Matthew to do whatever he wanted to do. So Mitch would be taking him skiing or taking him out to play golf. Or so we. So I mean that it, it's a little. I don't know. It's so what sad. was
1: what would you say life was like for Matthew growing up?
2: Well, you know it's hard. I said, why do you need to ask him? But I mean, from our Fair. from our viewpoint, it seems I think the compartmentalizing made it that he, well, I think he, he's cares for his brother. They're not, he's not a doting brother. I you know, and maybe it would have been different if he were Mm. a girl and, and, you know, a girl would maybe have, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I think at one point, Matthew did say something like, you know, I always felt like I knew I would be responsible for him, Mm. you know, eventually. And so I think that was kind of a little bit of a burden for him too. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, I mean, God has blessed us be in that, you know, Lexi, you know, and it's, I mean, that's the other hard thing you oh, looking yeah. forward is we're not going to be here forever. You know, it, it, he has, he's in good health, so he probably will outlive us. And, uh, you know, what happens it's a conversation we have to have. Yeah, We have to have this conversation.
3: And this is just amazing. I think this is another God thing. You know, Michael graduated from Buchanan High School. And uh, sure enough, you know Matthew marries a girl from Buchanan High School, graduated the same year hmm. as Michael did.
2: And In fact, she knew Mike. She knew Michael. She junior didn't high have high. a lot of interactions with him, but even through junior high uh, and high school, Sierra. she knew
3: him. She knew of him. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and she is just she's wonderful oh, with him. Nice. You know, so th- what a and blessing she's, that. And
2: she's open to yeah having him. You know, be helping to take care of him. I guess is what we say, and they have helped us a lot. With you know, we do get out to go to for a vacation, like Mm -hmm. to have a break, and uh, they'll help watch him. And and yeah, people will ask that.
1: I I do know that people will often ask, like, how do people that have somebody with a disability, how do they, you know, how do you get to.
2: Right, have a a respite time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like
1: there's camps and things like that, but that's that's nice. Yeah. 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 Would you say, um, what do you think has changed in the area of accessibility for people with disabilities in the last 20 years? Um,
2: Yeah, I don't know. We were looking at that question. I think people maybe are more aware of. Dis disability and people with disabilities. Um, the, yeah. What do you think?
3: I don't. You know, that's a that's a it's a tough question. Yeah. Um, I do know. You know, you see it. You know, I mean, some people are just still not comfortable with people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, or or physical handicaps. You can you can just you can see it right away, and then you yeah. have those people that those few. You know, the Josh mm. Perkins, the Michaela's, the, Bob's you know, and, Bob's and, yeah. and, that will gravitate, you know, toward the people like that. Um, but as far as you talking yeah. about society, I, yeah, well, I think
1: I think where I was thinking about that yeah. was more along like the, like there's a lot of technology changes that are <gasps> oh. some like oh. like I know people like that are full time in wheelchairs and and, uh, you know, um, people that um, have. Or deaf, you know. There's this right. new technology that allows people to use computers and things like yeah. that. I think that's kind of where I was going with well, that. Yeah. Listen, well, there's no like tricking. There. Okay, there's
3: okay. This. Well, then also with uh, I can answer that with at least with Michael. Okay, he has an Alexa and he wears that thing out. Okay, you know because he'll ask Alexa to play like all kinds of music. All I mean, it's just nonstop. Don't you? But know? it's
2: but it's been uh, it's been I want to say a game changer. But I mean, it's been really great for him. And and now we have a TV he likes to listen to Disney movies and um, so now we have the TV connected to Alexa so he could tell so we've given him a little bit more power in his life I guess that he can tell the tv to turn on and to play whatever and so mm. i think that's been helpful for him as far as his i
3: yeah yeah, yeah of course if there's problems with the internet you know yeah oh, like, oh boy oh. I mean, we've had that not only does the internet crash it oh. crashes you oh, know so come yeah. on i know adults
1: that <laughs> when their internets <laughs>
2: crash so i get
1: that
3: yeah
2: yeah
1: parents all worry i mean that's just yeah. kind of a natural Yeah. Of, so for you guys, there's an additional worry. Somebody that has a child with a disability, what would you guys say you worry about?
2: Well, I think at this point in our lives, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, just about the future for him and what, yeah. and who's, you know, how is that going to work? And and he's very dependent on us mm-hmm. and close to us. So it to think of him. How he would function now, it's been interesting because, like, he's had people in his life. My parents passed away, my he's had people who were involved in his life that have died, and he seems to just take that in stride. So it's, it's, but yeah. I, but I think with us, it would be different, mm. I, I, for him. Yeah. So I don't know, but you worry about that, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, Mitch, anything, anything else? Yeah
3: I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I think
1: I it's interesting, Mitch, that, um, we didn't make the connection earlier, about the fact that you did go into yeah. special needs as a career. Yeah. And and then here you End up were, with this child. Or <laughs> end up with somebody <laughs> yeah. so I did the when you said that earlier, I didn't know that. I knew you taught. I didn't know that it went that far back. I yeah. for some reason in my head thought, Well, oh, maybe you just went into that 'cause but I, I will say just me watching you, you guys I mean it's so easy to say, "Oh, I'd do something different, or I wouldn't be like that." But you guys are so, like, you are so calm and <laughs> so comfortable. Like, I've never, and I've known you for a while, and never felt like you're embarrassed or uncomfortable with with Michael. And right. I, I just, for me, it's been a real Aww. example. I think Aww. it's a real example is, of, of Christ's love.
2: Yeah, Aww, it you. is difficult. I mean, it is because you do worry like we sit the, toward the back of the church because we don't want him to distract people if he's like moving too much or. Um, so I think, you know, you do do think about how other people are going to react to him. Yeah. But um,
3: yeah, you know, and I, I kind of want to touch upon that. I was telling Nancy this a couple of days ago, but, um, you know, just seeing the way Michael is, you know how he's growing i i, th- I really say i think he's growing spiritually just mm. being at first press you know and i i think it's the music and everything else but i was telling her that you know at first when he would go up for communion i just thought oh you know i wonder what the elders think about this you know and what jeremy thinks about this but i was telling nancy this i i i thought about um you know saul you know, and Saul had a son named Jonathan, and Jonathan had a crippled son named Mephibosheth. Hmm. And do you remember what King David said? King David said, Mephibosheth will always have a place at my table. Hmm. And I'll tell you what, Michael can't wait to take communion, hmm. you know, and that's God's table. That's hmm. the Lord's table. And... um I just see that it's just it's just a real blessing to see how God is at work in Michael's yeah. life. And I and I don't think it's so much one person. I just think it's God ministers to him when we're at worship. It's just it's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it's really fun to see. That's fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Could you um what words of encouragement could you give someone who is raising a, a person with disability, a child, yeah. or an adult yeah. with disability, could, if somebody, could you offer a word of
2: encouragement? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know, I, I would say, I don't know, a word of encouragement or advice or whatever, but I, again, I think it's so important to be, you know, plugged in. You know, I don't know if we're, are we addressing people at like a church? Yeah,
1: it's in general.
3: Well, yeah, a, it, I, I think yeah. it's important, you know, to be plugged in, you know, to your church. Um, to receive, you know, help through that through that way. And then also, you know, obviously, through the school system, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we kind of had an advantage that since I was an RSP teacher, you know, I kind of knew what the services were available for him and how to advocate for him. But you know, there are services through the school district that you can get. Um,
2: And they can start when they're a baby yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. he started yeah. receiving services when he was three and a
3: half we well, have three yeah. and a half years old you can start yeah. receiving services.
2: well you know he, when he received services remember when uh laura came out he would oh that's services right even when he was that's like right. i don't know six months old that's like yeah. true that's right yeah. yeah um yes but you know i think it's it takes a long time to come to terms it does with it yeah and i was kind of thinking about it it's kind of but it's It's like it, but it isn't like it. But like uh, any child, I mean, it's like you have to eventually come to a place where you accept them and love Mm -hmm. them for who they are. Yeah. And, you know, Michael, we I think it's make me cry, but I think we I think we love Michael for who who he is. And it's like there's a fine line between trying to push them to Mm -hmm. excel or to excel or to meet some goal or Mm -hmm. something like that. But then maybe to to finally... um, accepted you don't necessarily want to accept that that they're, they're only limited to x point but to accept them you know what i'm yeah, saying like I kind of yeah. and to there's a piece that comes with thinking we i don't have to strive right um to hmm. make him something that he, he's not and it's and it's Probably like that with with a typical child, too, I mean sure. it's like yeah. people have expectations for their children, and maybe they their child doesn't fulfill them because they have a different talent or whatever Good but words. It's, yeah. but Good it's words. um just kind of trying to understand who they are and it and mm. you know it took a longer time with Michael because we just didn't know yeah what it was, and yeah. you know we were just blessed to have people that came into our lives through the school and through the church, yeah. That did, but i you know, I hope too that for churches that they would be and I feel like first press is welcoming, and our prior church was welcoming, but it's like it's it is difficult for people to bring their disabled children into to church because they're af- afraid right. that they're going to distract, yeah,
1: I love that um, that you for you guys, church has always been. Yes. A center part of yes. raising yes. Michael and Matthew. Absolutely. Um, a part of your story, a mm-hmm. part of, of all of it. And that's 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 really uh-huh. powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I was going to ask you guys what you like about First Press, but I don't <laughs> you, you guys haven't been there quite as long as others that might be listening no, to the podcast. No, we started but... in
2: 2017. Yeah. And right. it was really, we started coming partly because my parents were living at the facility across the way Oh
1: yeah yeah be- and be- not
2: it it's called it was Hope, Hope Man it, no, was, Hope called Manor. Hope, it yeah. was called Hope it was called Hope but now it's called Healthcare Center in Fresno yeah. Anyway anyway they wanted to come to church and so we I thought well we could just bring them to church across the street Yeah yeah so so that. yeah Good. um and then just kind of fell in love with it yeah, yeah, yeah so um
1: well he puts a smile on my face you guys put a smile on my face so <laughs> I love seeing you guys there oh, I want to likewise um, I want to kind of close with um, going to ask you a word or a phrase that describes you or um, that you live by. A word or a phrase that describes either you or something that you feel like you live by.
2: I think just to trust in God and uh, you don't know how things are going to come out, but um, but he brings you through and, and he brings you joy in the midst of it
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and you know it's just like michael brings us a lot of joy and it's he frustrates us sometimes but he also um it, it's just fun to see him react to things and um i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. good
3: i like that yeah i mean everything in this life is transitory you know yeah. everything's gonna blow away but yeah. god is the foundation and just got of set our eyes on him
1: yeah yeah well, Mitch and Nancy, I want to say thank you for well, thank you. being willing to share your story and, and really a lot of ways sharing Michael with us because it would be easy not to. And um, I think that you guys do reflect Christ and Aww. how you, mm-hmm. how, you know, with Michael. So I want to thank you for, for sharing your story and hopefully it's an encouragement for others out there. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Yeah.
0: Thanks again for listening. We want to thank Mitch and Nancy again for sharing their story. And we invite you to share this podcast with someone who might find encouragement in these conversations. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or feedback from our FPC Conversations podcast, feel free to send us an email to conversations at fpcfresno.org. May this podcast deepen your faith, deepen our love for one another, and ultimately help us become more like Jesus. Until next time.